everyone. Welcome to the Tomorrow's MSP podcast, the voice of the medical services profession, where medical services professionals and industry experts contribute their voices about popular topics, including the impacts of artificial intelligence, MSP core competencies, department advocacy, leadership, and more. I'm your host, Lauren Leocoris, content editor for NAMS. Joining us for our second episode is Alicia Mendez of Mindful Credentialing. A dedicated MSP, Alicia is passionate about wellness and self-care and the important role they play in both our professional and personal lives. So go ahead and introduce yourself. So number one, thanks for having me. I'm super excited. My name is Alicia Mendez. I am an independent wellness practitioner. I have certifications both in adults and children's yoga as an instructor, as well as being Reiki master practitioner. I think that being here with you today is kind of especially beautiful because I'm also here as an MSP with 25 years of experience, right? Both in credentialing and in enrollment. So in a way, proudly serving both of those communities and like who would have ever thought? (laughs) And so like I do post a lot of my work around yoga and meditation, like in the communities that I hold space with on social media. I also do teach in-person classes in numerous yoga studios, I would say like in Central Jersey and then on the Jersey Shore as well. When did you first realize your passion for wellness and self-care and its overall importance in the way MSPs conduct themselves professionally? When I first read this question, I was like, when did you first know this girl? (laughs) And if I'm being completely honest, I think being, you know, when I first came out of college, I was like a community, my degree was, my specification was in community health. So I think I've always kind of known about it, right? But when did I start practicing it was probably, and again, I'm just going to keep it like real with you, um, was probably the early 2000s. And that's like when probably midway in my career, I started my own CBO. And like the stress of being an entrepreneur had become like really super overwhelming. And I knew at that point that I had to have some sort of an outlet of self-care that like really supported me physically and mentally because otherwise the overwhelm of my professional career was looking like it was going to start to cause damage. (laughs) What are the different facets of wellness and self-care? Um, I was like, oh, that's like such a big question. And then again, if I'm going to, you know, for me, it's about just being authentic in the sense of like, what has been my lived experience, right? Because that's all I really have is my lived experience. So the wellness for me, and I'm going to like break them apart a little bit, because wellness for me are really like modalities that are holistic. And I consider wellness a direct correlate to healing, whatever healing means for the individual, right? So like first and foremost, it's just looking at that and making sure that for me that they were holistic in nature, which really meant that they would support me physically and mentally. So along the lines of wellness, my experience has been like either yoga or fitness. Another big one, probably in the last year, and I'll explain why later on, um, in the last year is plant-based nutrition. So straight up, I'm not a vegan, straight up, I'm not a vegetarian, right? But I work with individuals who do hold those kind of identities. So part of my wellness is how can I be more conscious of what I'm bringing into my body, right? Not just through what I see, not just through what I hear, but what I eat, right? And so eating more plant-based foods, being more inquisitive or curious about what that label shows, 
How much processed food am I eating? And then how do those different types of foods impact me? Like when do I get sluggish? When do I feel certain things in my body as a result of what I'm eating? So again, I feel like that's part of wellness in a big way for me. Another one that's huge is like meditation. (laughs) And I know people hear that and they're like, and all they think about is like the Zen person like this, but, and I'll talk about that later as well. It's not, um, it can be many different things. For me, Reiki is definitely a wellness modality that has changed the trajectory of my own wellness. And I think the last one that I'll mention, and again, this is from my lived experience, would be like Ayurveda. So I think in the realm of wellness, those are the things that I say that like I have had some exploration of and some success with. And then I don't know if you want me, I, I, I also did want to touch a little bit about self-care because I... Yes, Absolutely separate them a little bit, but I do believe there's there's a lot of intersectionality. So with self-care, I kind of think about that and like, what are like the different activities that support me? And I do it like, I said it like that because like, these are like more, I don't know, fun in nature. They resonate a little bit more because like, you know, we do the wellness things because we want to be well, right? But like, (laughs) what about things? (laughs) But what about things that like really feel good and like that we that resonate within us, like, ah, yes. And so to that extent, I think about self-care as activities that support me, but that also elevate my vibration. And I know some of the language I use is a little woo-woo, but think about when I say elevate the vibration, I really equate that to like, what is the highest version of myself? And I want to incorporate self-care that helps me get there. So there's a lot of things, but pre-COVID, COVID, and post-COVID, right? So I'm going to talk about COVID because that's basically where we still are, even though in some states we're transitioning out of our um, shelter in place because post-COVID, there was a bunch of different things I had access to, right? But that was curtailed a little bit. So, and I think it's great because these types of self-care don't cost anything. So taking a nap, whether it's a power nap or a longer nap, those brought a lot of like rest and rejuvenation. Reading a book, I'm taking a bubble bath, snuggling with my fur babies, snuggling with my human babies, literally just to like mention a few, right? And then there are a plethora of other things like going to see my acupuncturist, going to see my Reiki practitioner, you know, so those are just a few self-care practices that I like to incorporate pretty much every day. Not all of them, obviously, but some sort of self-care has, for me, I have to balance my life with some sort of self-care every day. Absolutely. And like you were saying, I mean, with COVID, we have been spending so much energy keeping our loved ones safe, especially if they're of a certain age and putting so much stress and anxiety on our bodies, in addition to the daily stressors that we were already dealing with. So it was just sort of a perfect storm of, we got to find a way to realign body, mind, spirit, all of that stuff in order to continue and, and thrive daily, even though we were tucked away for a long time. Yeah. And it's really interesting because I feel like at some point, even through COVID, I was able to create this intersectionality between my wellness and my self-care. And I feel like that intersectionality really talks about, or really as a, as a manifestation of living in a present moment, because, you know, when we're stressed out about all the things, listen, I know what it is to be an MSP in a hospital. And like, I'm talking to my friends during this period of time, like I know what was going on. And it's like being in the present moment is probably one of the most, 
it can be very challenging in general, but add all of the facets, what COVID brought to the front line, it's hard. And so even if it's just for a few minutes a day, a few minutes a day is better than no minutes a day. You know what I mean? So just creating that intersectionality of present moment awareness for me was a way that um, I was able to walk some of my friends through that as they were navigating COVID. Can you speak to the direct correlation between wellness and performing at your best professionally? I sure can. <laughs> but I think that for me to be completely authentic about this, like I, the correlation for me was between wellness and again, elevating to like the highest level or essence of who I am as a human, right? Not as an MSP per se. So like, just stay with me a second. So like for a lot of years as an MSP, I struggled because like, like the only identity that I was linked to was being a successful MSP, right? Like that's, that was like a super duper important identity for me at one point, right? And listen, I didn't really have anybody to blame for that but myself. I created that contextually for myself. So the way I frame it, which resonates deeply for me is to incorporate wellness and self-care so that I can be the best version of who I am, which includes my identities as a wife, a mother, a sister, a daughter, a friend. And hey, guess what? I'm also an MSP, right? And so when I can, right, show up as like the best version of myself, each of those identities gets the best version of who I am. For the safety, health, and well-being of our conference attendees, the 2020 NAMS Educational Conference and Exhibition will be going completely virtual and will take place October 5th through 8th, 2020. We believe this shift in event format is in the best interest of our attendees and partners, and we are confident we will be able to provide the same great educational content and experience in an even more dynamic and interactive digital knowledge exchange. This October, we will come together as a community to learn, prepare, and grow as tomorrow's MSP innovating, adapting, and as always, focused on the future of patient safety. Registration will open in July. Stay connected with NAMS as we will be sharing more details soon regarding registration, education session details, and more. We are happy to address your questions or concerns at info at NAMS.org. Welcome back. For those of you just tuning in, we're speaking with Alicia Mendez of Mindful Credentialing, Alicia is an MSP dedicated to the practice of wellness and self-care in order to find balance in life and excel professionally. COVID-19 has proven to be both mentally and physically taxing for so many in the healthcare space. What are some ways that MSPs can continue to nurture their wellness as the pandemic battle continues? Yeah, you know, it is a great question and I, I there are several things that come to mind, but I think the most important one is to have, um, there's an, oh, I can't remember, there's like an old Buddhist saying that says, have a beginner's mind, right? And for me, that translates sometimes into, let's be willing to explore. So there are different ways or different modalities. So the first one is yoga, right? And like, I think the most, and I did a, I did a recent Insta Live with a couple of friends on like the, on the myths of yoga. Like if I had a dollar for every time I heard it, I'd be like super rich right now. I'm not flexible, you know? And the reality of it is, is that you don't need to be flexible to do yoga. And I don't say that with any judgment at all because I was one of those people at one point, right? But let's put that aside for a second, right? Because that's a misnomer. But 
also we have like this, we as Westerners have taken yoga and we've made it something very different, right? So there are different types of yoga. So like if you're already having that practice and you like that really hardcore, sweaty, hot vinyasa, go for what you know, you know what I mean? But if you're new to yoga, know that yoga is really meant in its truest essence to be available to all humans, all sizes, all mobilities or lack of mobility. And when we say that out loud, what we do is that we recognize that each of us is in our journey at a very different place. I may have a more modality than the next person, or because I have a thicker frame, my body may not go into a downward dog the way a slender person's body will, right? And so yoga in its true nature really honors each of our body types, each of, you know, and, and each of us where we are. So exploring what different studios offer. There are gentle classes, there are chair classes. And let me tell you, and I know I'm spending a lot of time on yoga, but and I'll tell you why in a second, but I, as a yoga teacher, actually enjoy my chair classes more than I do my vinyasa classes. So I'm just, that's just putting it out there all together, right? But the reason why I wanted to focus on yoga first is because a lot of times, whether it's old trauma or new trauma, right? And so let's not mistake that what we went through as an industry was and is and continues to be traumatic, that trauma is stored in the body, Right. And so in order for us to release, contact it, touch it, you know, acknowledge it, not always, but many times it requires us to explore movement in the body. And so that's why I think it's just a beautiful practice that allows everyone to have some sort of experience with it. So that is my spiel on yoga. (laughs) <laughs> but again, exploring it within local communities, online as well, if that's what we have access to. And so if there are questions about that, I can feel those all day long. Aside from yoga, we have a lot of other things too, right? Like mindfulness. And sometimes I enjoy saying mindfulness slash meditation because I like to like put them together because it's fun. And teach, I teach meditation at several different, in several different types of communities And the way that I teach it is there's an old expression that I use, throw spaghetti on the wall and see what sticks, right? Because what works for you may or may not work for me and vice versa. So like the exploration of the types of meditations, there are walking meditations, there are guided meditations, there are silent meditations, there, I mean, there's meditation for everything and anything. So it's the, it's really the exploration of the modality that helps us to connect with like, this works for me. Yeah. And so that's why I teach little snippets of like a lot of different things, because then once you find out what you like, then you can just continue that exploration. And if not with me, I can say, Hey, listen, this teacher does this. You like that a lot. Check him or her out. You know what I mean? So just being able to like have that exploration singing bowls, any type of like singing bowl or gong class. It's just, again, some people resonate to sound or music. You know what I mean? Others resonate to silence or movement. And so it's also knowing a little bit about what works for you. But if you've never done it before, we have to start somewhere, right? So, and then Reiki is definitely another one. And just being able to like 
select a practitioner that you're comfortable with and, you know, understanding what the nature and practice of Reiki is, is also something that I often recommend for anybody. It makes it a little bit different COVID and post-COVID because generally we're doing that one-to-one in a space like this, but there are practices of like, you know, distant Reiki practices that you can explore. And so just in case anybody isn't familiar with Reiki, it's a, it's a very old healing technique and it's based on the principle that the therapist can channel energy into the patient by means of touch or hover. Um, in New Jersey, mainly we practice hover. Uh, the natural healing process of the patient's body to restore physical and emotional well-being. It's really nice because sometimes, I I just was there yesterday, um, they'll use like essential oils or meditations. And so it's really kind of just a relaxing and supportive nurturing practice. And then the last one that I have not really explored a whole heck of a lot, but I am in like the beginning of my journey with it is Ayurveda, which is like the traditional Hindu system of medicine. And that is based on the idea of balance and bodily systems, which uses diet, herbs, and pranayama. And pranayama translates into breathing. <laughs> so like literally, it's literally like we do it all day long, but I like to define it as conscious breathing. So connecting with different types of breaths. So those are several different ways. Personally, how do you practice self-care, especially during this challenging time? I think what I would say is that, if anything, it's probably intensified my practice because I've had more time. So don't get me wrong, I've been working from home the entire time. (laughs) It's brought its own set of challenges, but carve out the time driving back and forth, you know, like I have those extra hours to dedicate. So I think... And I do, I have several practices that I work on regularly that help keep me grounded. And like, I think for me personally, my personal practice is really about that continuous exploration of self. But I I, kind of would be lying if I said it was like one thing, right? Because I'm also a person that like her mind goes all of the time and I get really, I'm fickle. You know, I'm not embarrassed to admit that. Like I get really tired quick of doing the same thing over and over again. So meditation. So just for anybody who's never meditated before or thinks that they can't meditate because their brain goes too quickly. My personal practice started with, I think it was three minutes and 25 seconds. It was like a YouTube thing on, um, And it was a guided meditation. Like that's literally how my practice started today. I don't do anything that's under 15 minutes, but also it averages about 30 to 40 minutes. But I just don't meditate every day. I'm not going to sit here and tell you I do that. I don't. I combine mine with yoga movement at least a couple of times a week. I also teach a couple of times a week, right? Chanting is a a really big one for me because it, it helps with the throat chakra. I do a, a considerable amount of chanting. And nutrition, I feel like, is part of my personal practice and making sure that each day I am really conscious of at least one of my meals are really just focused on creating a a practice of wellness and that I'm feeding myself something that is nurturing, right? So like I'm not having any added sugar or salt or whatever. That's just for me. And just one meal, just one, right? Because... I love me my rice and beans. So I don't think I could do it with every meal, 
but I do try to explore further my practice by doing those different types of things. Absolutely. And I think nutrition is often the first thing to get overlooked on the pursuit of wellness because again, like people don't really want to sacrifice a burger and fries or, and (laughs) I'm right there, but two, it's like, it doesn't have to be a zero or 100 type of thing. It can be incremental change. It can be one thing a day where you're sort of ramping up into a more well-incorporated style of self-care and wellness. So I think that's, that's obviously an important message too. It's like, hey, don't be intimidated by this. It doesn't have to be an all or nothing situation. I'll be honest with you, all or nothing doesn't work for me. It will fail for me every time. Like any extreme for me is like, oh, I can't have what? I'm going to do that anyway, just because you said I can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. So just, I feel like, just like that exploration of maybe it's not a meal. Maybe you're going to commit to having a snack that's a fruit or a vegetable. Like something Mm -hmm. that simple. Like I try to, I try to dumb it down for myself. Like, girl, how can you still be mindful and get what you want out of it? You know what I mean? <laughs> so if that's the yeah. apple with the natural peanut butter, guess what? I had my I had my nutritional nutritional wellness for the day. So I will I will do anything as long as I really try to come from it from a conscious place. When COVID-19 hit, did you feel a sense of urgency and responsibility to educate fellow MSPs on the importance of wellness? So it was when I read the question first, I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> and I did at first, but I was, I was quickly met with some significant truths, you know what I mean? Which was our industry, our community really was faced with really taking care of the sickest of our citizens. And that was the priority. And so it was kind of from the sense I got was a really all hands on deck to handle that. And so for me, it was, can't talk right now, gotta go. They still want their doctors. I need new doctors. I gotta take doctors from a different state. Like, so like I heard all of that, like juxtapositioning that needed to happen in order to meet the demands of taking care of the sickest of our citizens. So for me, I needed to step back. And really what that meant was as people started to reach out always, you know, handle them first. Right. But from my own, you know, and that left me with a lot of time too, right. People were busy. They needed to do what they needed to do. So from my own perspective, I just started to use my tools and my training around Reiki. Number one, to send Reiki to like all of those that I knew personally who were on the front line. And then the second layer with that was like all of the physicians known and unknown, right? Obviously all of the patients. And then like the other layer to that was the physical buildings that are close to me and in my surrounding area. If I ever worked there, if I ever consulted there and just like creating this practice around, it's like, I can't be there with you. Then from afar, I'm just going to send you the most amazing, loving, nurturing, healing energy that I can that the universe, not me, that the universe can muster up at this time. So that's where I really spent my energy for most of COVID. And it isn't, or it hasn't been till recently. I would say the last three weeks were like, I do have some follow-up calls and get-togethers with MSPs to like how to have like the one-on-one. And it's kind of like, okay, that peak is, we're coming down the side of it. Not that it's over, but the peak is, you know, we're coming off of that peak and people are able to like, okay, now I need to recover a little bit. So we're starting to have those conversations for sure. Yes. 
NAMS works tirelessly to address and provide regulatory updates, healthcare news, and legislation that affect the medical staff and credentialing industry. Visit nams.org forward slash advocacy to learn more. Welcome back. For those of you just tuning in, we're speaking with Alicia Mendez of Mindful Credentialing. Alicia is an MSP dedicated to the practice of wellness and self-care in order to find balance in life and excel professionally. Would you say it's the responsibility of the MSP to take care of themselves in order to successfully fulfill their role as gatekeepers of patient safety? So, you know, I want to just go back to the same way I answered this other question. (laughs) It's each of our responsibilities, right? To take care of ourselves. But again, so that we can guide, because a lot of times, let's, you know, let's keep it real. As MSP, we do guide, right? We guide each other. We guide our medical staff leaderships. We guide our communities, right? It's our responsibility to take care of ourselves so that we can really guide from like the highest level of who we are, right? And that's not really about, that's not really just defined as a gatekeeper, right? It's who we are. So we're not just gatekeepers of healthcare, although that's one of the things we do. We are also partners to other humans, right? We are parents, right? We are friends. We're all of the things that I mentioned, but again, we have a responsibility to self first because only, right? Only when we have developed that connection, right? The most important, you know, the most important relationship that we're ever going to have once we've developed that. And that's really the relationship that we have with ourselves. Only then can we serve in all of those other capacities, at least as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so really developing self first and taking care of self affords us the opportunity to then guide and help others. Are there existing educational resources that MSPs can leverage to ensure they are staying healthy in both body and mind? I've been two ways now, you know what I mean? Because before I would have been like, yeah, just Google local yoga studios and take a start with a gentle or a restorative class. So like anybody who wants to like explore yoga for the first time, I don't think I said that earlier, Gentle or restorative, right? If you've been doing yoga for five years, I'm just going to recommend go take a go take a restorative and a gentle class anyway, right? Because we need that. We need the restoration. Like our community has been devastated, right? COVID just took, we took a hit, right? And so let's honor that, right? And start to create an environment um, where it's acceptable to rest and rejuvenate. That's important. And so I will say, first and foremost, two ways to approach that, really. And again, it's locally. Things are starting to open up again, depending on where you live. And then I know that the yoga community takes very seriously the wellness of their patrons. So I know because I work at several that they are definitely doing the wellness, you know, scans that they have to do, that they're taking social distancing into consideration. So if you're a person that you're ready to go back in, Check out one of your local studios. You know what I mean? Ask the questions that you need to ask. They'll always, you know, they'll definitely answer them. And then take that, you know, restorative or gentle class. If you're not ready, online has so many different options, you know. I lead a Patreon community, which is a membership community where I have different levels of memberships that access different levels of modalities. The entire community is an exploration, if you will, in healing modalities, right? Right. 
So you can check Patreon in general. You can check YouTube. And then you have all of the major yoga publications as well. I guess, you know, there's nothing wrong with major yoga publications, but I feel like there lacks intimacy, like that, just like that more one community, feeling of community, right? So I always like to start locally and work my way up because I I like to have that connection. Even if it's over a Zoom, I like to see your face. I like to see your smile. I like to get your essence and your vibe. So I can do that in person, but I can also, I can also check that out over a Zoom link. So I would say start there. And any closing thoughts you have? I know how hard MSPs work, man. I worked my tail off for decades. So I know the group that we're talking to. And obviously, I still have a lot of friends that I keep in touch with. And um, as a matter of fact, I got a text from one of my friends earlier. She just went back to work after having COVID and recovering from it. And I think it's simply to like remember that a practice of like mind-body connection can be simple. Like we're so used to what like social media and like magazines and all of that stuff tell us that it's like this really like, it's really not that elaborate, right? And so that it can be so simple, but yet profound, right? And the only thing I guess that I would also want to share is like a, from a personal perspective, like my yoga, my, my, my wellness practice, I think I told you earlier, started literally with a three minute and 25 second guided meditation from YouTube. Until this day, I still go back to that because I tend to like this particular guided meditation, but that's how simple it can begin and that we are worth it. We think a lot of times we spend, because we're MSPs and because I know the nature of this work, We spend a lot of time doing for others, right? And a lot of times for me, I felt like it was like, you know, like, and I I know people can't see me, but like that hamster on a wheel, like go, 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 get it done. This one needs that. This person needs this. And it's like, that's more of like a survival. You know what I mean? That's like, let's get it done. And really, I'm just saying to all of the amazing MSPs that are listening and, and in our community, like we deserve to... We deserve to more than survive. We deserve to thrive. And I think that connecting with these types of practices afford us the long-term opportunity to thrive. Thank you for listening to the Tomorrow's MSP podcast, the voice of the medical services profession. I'd like to extend a special thanks to Alicia Mendez for sharing her insights and expertise on the importance of wellness and self-care. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to tune in to the next episode to stay up to date on the latest news and insights. Read more in-depth articles on trending topics by visiting us at namsgateway.org. Until next time.